Welcome to Innovating Music, a podcast from the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation. I'm your host, Dr. Gigi Johnson. I love being a creative geek, and I was fascinated then at South by Southwest to meet Laura Escuday. She is possibly more of a fabulous creative geek than I am, working with anything from Ableton Live to her own wonderful violin skills to all sorts of great tools to create great live experiences. So enjoy this podcast discussion with her in May 2019, talking about her trek to uh, being the magic inside of many artist tours, including all sorts of time on tour with Kanye, and how she takes technology to create all of the pieces and puzzle pieces of a great live experience, the systems, the people, the timing, time and space, all sorts of cool stuff. And also her discussion about limiting beliefs and and looking at narrative around technology and how technology can be used to break limiting beliefs around technology. It is something that's really important in a lot of the work of the Center for Music Innovation is looking at how narratives around technology impact our sense of the possible. So our conversation with Laura was right in our wheelhouse. Enjoy this conversation and all the things that this might spark as imagination in your head on how you might create and perform differently. Your session at South by Southwest was one of the ones I had uh, digitally circled to want to come and see what you were doing with looking at how to create a great concert, a great venue experience. And, And I really didn't know what to expect and you totally blew me away. How did you... Or can you maybe share with our audience what you did at South By and why you did it? When I was preparing for South By, it was about a year before South By, I started uh, coming up with ideas for what I would want to present. Um, The Art of Designing a Live Show became the title. It kind of had a few different titles along the way. Um, But I decided to incorporate my work with artists along the road Um, big name artists that I've toured with, as well as my own artistry as a solo electronic musician, into a one-hour presentation on what it takes to create a compelling live show. And also some of the limiting beliefs that artists have uh, when they're performing and uh, how to mitigate those limiting beliefs to overcome them using technology. The presentation was equal parts uh, talking and speaking and explaining, as well as performing. So I got a chance to show what I do with technology and how I use that to uh, press the limits of what I can do, what all of my equipment can do, and hopefully uh, of the minds of the people in the audience. So you were both playing the violin and working with Unreal Engine and working with all sorts of um, loops and other things. I was. I want to come back to that because I want to come back to a few things you just said. One is the folks you've performed with. Can you maybe share with us a bit your journey and how you got to now? 
Sure. Uh, so I'm a classical violinist and went to school for violin performance, moved to LA, started working in the music tech industry, worked at a company called M-Audio. Uh, from there, went to a company called Ableton, became certified in Ableton. I was actually the first certified Ableton trainer in the world and I became certified in 2008. That led to me getting calls from companies and uh, artists, the first one being Cirque du Soleil in 2009. So I moved to Las Vegas and started programming their live show using Ableton Live. And at the time I had no idea that that was even a job. I was like, wow, you want me to move to Vegas and do what? Sure, I will absolutely do that. It was an incredible experience. I learned a ton. On the heels of that, I started- Actually, before you move from that, what is programming a live show with Ableton Live? What, is, what are you actually doing before you move beyond that? Sure, sure. So uh, we are responsible for, there's a lot of different things, um, but I'll just list all of the things. It depends on the artist and the show, but mostly editing all of the music that's being played back. So everything that the band is not playing uh, is coming from a computer system. So that includes backing tracks, that includes clicks, uh, that includes cues for in-ears for the musicians, um, and it also includes things like time code for lighting and video so that all the lights and video are perfectly synced with the music. Uh, it also can, can include vocal effects uh, for artists like auto-tune and delays and reverbs and pitch shifters and things like that, drum sounds, uh, keyboard sounds, it can include visual components. Uh, it, there's just so much it can do, but um, basically it could include one of those things or all of those things. So you're dealing with a, a gigantic amount of equipment and people and moving parts and mapping time and place. Absolutely, yeah. It's dealing with a lot of communication between different areas of different groups of people and directors and the artist and designers and all of those people and just working together to craft the best possible show. So a wonderful blend of creative art and technical gizmos and people systems. Absolutely. I want to use that from now on. Uh, but no, absolutely. It's, it's all parts of that. And, and uh, especially, you know, the creative part, because it really does take a very musical person, someone that knows uh, how to create music, because oftentimes we are creating transitions between songs. We are creating uh, sound effects. We are creating different versions of songs. We are manipulating the audio and changing the audio um, sometimes in real time during the show. And that takes a lot of uh, creative effort, but then, running all of this equipment, like you said, it, there's tons of gear that it takes and redundant systems because when you're working at a high level, you don't want to just have one system that goes down, then you're uh, up a creek without a paddle. So uh, basically just running all of these this gear, being very musical, making these edits, making the changes and communicating with all the teams and making sure that everyone's on the same page. Wow. So so you went to Vegas, which is an interesting place to live. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Vegas with a lot of friends in Vegas with Cirque du Soleil, who had at that time, how many shows running? I, I think, I mean, I think about eight or so. I mean, they've always had a lot of shows, but um, I was working on the Viva Elvis show. Oh, cool. A brand new show at the time. 
Yeah, and uh, got a great experience. Lived right on the on the strip there, which uh, I wouldn't do again, but it was a fun experience at the time. And uh, yeah, got a chance to really learn about um, the process of of building a show. And the Cirque show was quite different to a lot of the other pop and hip hop shows that I've done um, after that because. There's a lot of uh, by chance situations. So uh, if a lighting thing doesn't move properly or if um, a lift doesn't move or if someone misses a trick or if something happens, it's not just a we're going to play the song down from left to right or top to bottom and that's it. Sometimes we have to catch a loop if something doesn't go according to plan. So it's very, it keeps you on your toes. you got to be constantly... Um, just reacting and watching and just being with the performance in the moment. And from Cirque du Soleil, how did you end up then working with the various artists and tours and all the other things you've done? So I came back um, in 2010 and uh, had my first company, Evo Tech Audio. I was doing a lot of consulting for different brands, uh, Ableton being one of them, uh, F Expansion, Rob Pappen, a bunch of software companies. And I got a call from someone, uh, a guy that worked at West LA Music, salesperson, and he said, Hey, Kanye West's engineer wants to meet you because they want to use Ableton Live for their next tour. And I said, Sure, I'll go meet with him. And so I started consulting with him and showing him things. And then it was kind of like, hey, you're better at this than I am, so do you want to do this gig? And it was actually the worst timing because I uh, was already booked on a tour. I was touring with this band called Niaz at the time, this uh, Iranian electronic act, and I was playing violin and doing their Ableton Live stuff, and we had a European tour um, booked that summer, so I couldn't go, but I got a friend involved, and then the next year, uh, my friend couldn't do the gig, and then I could, and so I kind of came back and started touring with Kanye, and this was uh, early 2011, and basically toured with him for many, many years, and uh, did all of his vocal effects and his music playback. So you've, so that's global, U.S., overseas, all sorts of environments, any, any shareable fun or weird stories? <laughs> a lot <laughs> so many not a lot I can talk about here but um, you know I just want to say it was an incredible experience I mean when I first met him and started working with him I really didn't know his music or know uh, that much about him but uh, you know he's a very creative guy and in those scenarios I mean things would change a lot and it really kept me on my toes and, and it really taught me how to be uh, to, to pull off almost anything in the moment, um, even things that I didn't think I could pull off. I just pushed myself to just try, and most of the time they worked out. And so it was always a victory if it worked out. And, um, you know, there were so many different tour cycles, so I got to see, like, the building of the entire show, the stage, the characters, the storyline, got to be a part of all of that, and, and that was really incredible. And got to play the biggest festivals in the world, Coachella and Glastonbury, and got to travel all over. And so it was just an incredible experience. And I got to do all the things that I'm 
I love, which is, um, you know, create music, edit music, put together music, and, um, and uh, I really enjoyed doing the vocal effects as well because in the moment I got to, um, got to manipulate his vocals and uh, we got to improvise with one another. So that was really cool. Uh, sometimes I would turn on a, a certain effect, like a delay or a distortion, and, and uh, almost suggest it to him during the performances, and then he would hear that it was on and he'd get excited and he'd start riffing off that or you know, I got to know innately like his, what he, where he wanted to go with things. And I would uh, just take a risk and try different things in the performances. So it was a very cool um, kind of relationship there because I really got the opportunity to just be in the moment with him. So where did that take you other than all over the world and onto main stages? What was your next part of your journey? Well, through that, I got a chance to actually do a lot of my uh, my own composition, uh, especially like for the Dark Fantasy Tour, I did a lot of string arrangements. I also performed violin on the Watch the Throne album with Jay-Z and, you know, started to just branch out and meet different people and do different um, music projects. And along the way, after getting known for pulling off the unimaginable <laughs> being magic with uh, with music and tech yeah i started to get a lot of different calls and somewhere around 2012 i got a call from the weekends management and uh they said we would really love it if you could come on tour and uh you know we've heard lots of cool things about you and i said you know i really love his music and he was just starting out. I mean, he was, a, he was a brand new artist at this time, but, you know, I said, I'm, you know, touring with Kanye, so I can't really commit to that right now. However, I have this other person that uh, I really would like to put in place and he works for my company. And this is where kind of electronic creatives had been born shortly before this. And so I just uh, started getting all these calls and people wanting me to go on the tour and me saying, well, I can't do it, but I have this other person and then training people. And then that's so how I built up my company, Electronic Creatives, is just by literally trying to clone myself <laughs> and giving people opportunities. Like I, I wanted to give people opportunities that I felt deserved it, that I felt had the right attitude, uh, the right disposition for touring that were musical technical, that were friends of mine that, you know, I really wanted to uh, see excel. And there's a number of scenarios where I really changed people's lives. You know, they went from getting, having a low paying, you know, uh, job in the food industry to touring with some of the biggest artists in the world. And that was really gratifying for me as a mentor and as someone that likes to, to help. So that was kind of the next phase was building the company. I mean, all the while I was still touring with Kanye and working with other artists. Um, besides Kanye, I also toured with Miguel and Iggy Azalea and I worked with Herbie Hancock and Bon Iver and Garbage. And in some of these situations, I got to open for them as well or play in the band. Like Miguel, I opened for him and played in his band. Garbage, I got to open for them and work on their show. And so there was a lot of crossover between me as an artist and me as a creative technologist in, in this time. So yeah, throughout the years, I just have programmed and worked with a ton of different artists um, to help them build their shows and in many different uh, avenues. So 
not just the pop and hip hop world, but um, artists like Porter Robinson, who wanted to do a one man show with controllers and was moving from being a DJ. And so I helped craft that for him and um, other artists like Kirby Hancock, who wanted to be more experimental and improvisational in his show. And uh, I basically showed him what I was doing with my own uh, one woman show. And he took ideas from that and we adapted them and changed things and made it his own. So all that was really fun. I just started to build up um, a large, you know, clientele of, of artists that uh, trusted me and trusted my team and uh, just kept building. And from there you realize, I mean, this sounds like a very complicated life and a lot of trust in a lot of people. Um, how did you build up the company to make that work for you? Well, for years, it was just me doing everything. I mean, I was doing tech support. I was doing sales, marketing, accounting, bookkeeping, <laughs> everything. Uh, I would get the calls um, in the middle of the night on the weekend. Something happened and this went wrong and I need help. Or how do I navigate this situation? What do I say? You know, how do I communicate this? Um, all kinds of things. So it was like equal parts life coach and, um, you know, tech, technology coach. So um, through that, I started uh, realizing, well, as we started growing, I started realizing I need help and uh, I started building my team. And so I, I uh, hired a bookkeeper and an accountant first, of course, and then uh, got a uh, producer, someone to do the scheduling, and business manager, and then pretty soon I had a, a tech, and, and an assistant, and then another tech, and you know, so it just started growing and, um, and building, and uh, I've built a, a really great community, small, we're still very small, but small community of incredible uh, people who are all just um, willing to help each other, and uh, there's this camaraderie and community that uh, I, I really have fallen in love with because uh, a lot of times people don't want to share their secrets and in, within my company and even beyond, there are no secrets. We'll, we'll share whatever it is that we need. So early in our conversation here, you started talking about changing limiting beliefs. Can you return to that and talk about what what you mean by that and why that is one of your superpowers? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, a few years ago, I decided, uh, well, I didn't decide. I got into this this woman, Byron Katie, who- Oh, sorry. Like <laughs> I, I'm a fangirl there, but let me, let me yeah. step back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So um, got into Byron Katie. My friend, uh, my mom had been actually, and some friends of mine had been following her work, and uh, my mom had gone to the school for the work uh, about 10 years ago, which is a um, nine-day program, and, you know, as the stresses of owning a company and being an artist and uh, all, the, all of the communication that I regularly have to do, they were mounting, you know, and uh, last year, I decided to take nine days and go do the school for the work. And it was the first time in my life that I had no phone or laptop for nine days straight. 
And uh, I gave myself a gift, you know, and I told my team and I was, I was terrified. You know, what if something blows up? What if something happens? You know, what if, what if, what if, but that was exactly the reason why I needed to go and do this uh, because I was so um, in it. And I told my team, I told one person from my team, okay, here's a number to my room at this place. And if you need to call, you know, you can call. Um, but otherwise, please don't. <laughs> Only if it's an emergency. So I went to do the school and it was the most incredible experience of my life. I mean, it was very freeing. After about the second day, I, I forgot about my phone and laptop and I was just immersed in the work, as she calls it, and started to really study my limiting beliefs, um, my, my thoughts, and, and doing the work around it, and really uncovering why and uh, what I was thinking, and just building that awareness and uh, working to shift that. And so that was the beginning um, of the journey. I mean, I'd, I'd done other spiritual work before that, but this was very, like, very concrete, and it really spoke to me because it was, um, it just was logical to me. It was like, oh, okay, we have these thoughts, and we can question them, and it's just a thought. It's just something that I'm thinking. It doesn't have to um, take over my whole life. I can shift that. And so through doing the work, I came back and led my company differently, spoke to everyone differently. Uh, worked through some pers personal issues differently, and it just really changed things for me. And through doing that work, I I started to look at you know why I use technology, and I realized a lot of the times that I use technology to also overcome my limiting beliefs um, because we all have these um, ingrained patterns, right? And some of mine were I can't sing or, you know, I, I'm not that great at um, keyboards or, you know, I don't know how to do this or I'm not good at this. And I realize now that there's just so many tools out there to help people overcome these things. Like, for instance, one example is Autotune. And before I worked with Kanye, I really kind of didn't care for it. I just thought, oh, anyone that uses autotune is a hack and they're not a real artist or a real musician because they, you know, they're using this as a crutch. And after working with him and then using using it myself and and seeing how it made him free. It, it gave him the, the ability to express himself uh, in a way that he couldn't without the tool. And I thought it was beautiful. I, I thought it was amazing. And it really shifted my perspective of using something like that. And um, so I started just working on uh, these ideas of how technology can help us with uh, shifting our, our limiting beliefs. And um, there's so many ways and uh, tools out there that we can use. And, you know, in other countries, like, they don't ever think to themselves, oh, I can't sing. Like everyone sings, right? And in in our culture, people are taught, not everyone, but a lot of people are taught, oh, I can't sing. I don't have a good voice. I mean, it's incredible how many people I've heard say this to me. And so to be able to use technology to overcome that or augment um your vo vocals or instruments or anything like that. I just think it's such a beautiful thing. And so I've been working a lot 
uh, with pairing those things together and um, finding technology that will, will help people to just express themselves and be the most free that they can be. Excellent. A lot of my work is about narratives and technology and social narratives about what we think is normal. So this totally is a magnet for my own thinking, uh, as is the work of Byron Katie. And I wouldn't want us to oversimplify the work, but it's in some ways simple um, that this, what if the stories you tell are not true? What if the opposite is true? And lots of really interesting exercises. So if anybody is interested in listening to this, you can go enjoy the nine day experience. Uh, which is massively valuable for people. And there's also great access through books and recordings and all sorts of other great stuff to to sample that. Absolutely. And if you're in Los Angeles, yeah, and if you're in Los Angeles, she does a New Year's Eve mental cleanse and I go every year and it's incredible. It's like a three-day thing. So, Oh, that sounds intriguing for me. Cool. So you went from returning from that, but also around that into also taking what you're doing and teaching, correct? Yeah, so I had been a teacher before, um, 10 years ago, before I started touring. And, you know, I was an Ableton certified trainer. And so I was doing a lot of trainings then and really just kind of put it to the side um, while I was touring. And about three years ago, I had a, a health crisis um, from touring too much, actually. And my body told me, you need to slow down. And so I listened to it and uh, I decided, okay, that's not the lifestyle that I want to live anymore. I, I've done that and I had a great time. And now I'm being called to do some other things with my life. And, and so I spent the last couple of years really uncovering that and, um, you know, I had an artist project called Alux that I was doing for many different years, and I decided to rebrand and shift back to my own name um, and just do everything under my own brand. And uh, so that was last year, and that was really incredible and um, very freeing for me to not have to speak from different, um, you know, uh, personas or different boxes or whatever you want to call it, um, and just really starting to own the fact that, yes, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a technologist, and I'm an artist, and I'm a performer, and I'm also a, a mentor, an educator. And so through this process, you know, I started doing a lot more of my own shows, and that was a, a big thing for me was to uh, be performing more, because that's absolutely my most favorite thing in the world to do, to be sharing my my art and my gift with other people. So in every performance, some of my uh, close friends joke around, joke around um, when I'm performing because I always do some sort of like tutorial in the performance midway, like to show the crowd, hey, this is what I'm doing up here. Um, when I press this button, it turns this effect on. And when I, you know, put the press this button on my foot pedal, it loops my violin, and then th this loops my vocals, and this Wii controller here is manipulating my vocal effects, and you know, all this kind of stuff, and so I just love to share what I'm doing uh, while I'm performing, and so I decided, you know, I want to take this to the next level and actually create some courses around this, so I created what, uh, the Transmute course, and we had our first iteration of it this year. Uh, it it uh, was in February and March, and I'm going to run it again 
uh, the summer of 2019. And I just decided I want to help people from all over the world to really discover and take their live shows to the next level utilizing technology and using all these things that I've um, been working with. And so uh, we did that online and uh, that was actually born out of uh, a retreat that I did two years ago, also called Transmute. So this uh, word about shifting energy uh, spoke to me very much and it's the name of um, a song that I, uh, produced that came out last year and basically had a whole theme for me because I was going through this big transitional time and uh, shifting from uh, one place to another in my life. And I had created this retreat called Transmute and it was in Florida and it was incredible. It was live performance based, but it was also health and wellness. We had yoga and meditation and it was an incredible experience. I thought, how can I bring that to the online platform? So I did. We had people from all over the world, um, Singapore, Slovenia, UK, you know, just everywhere. Um, and it was beautiful. I mean, by the time we ended, no one wanted it to end because the community and the camaraderie that had been developed through the program was, was amazing. So uh, Transmute is one of my programs. Also, Master Track is a program that I ran in March. Um, we did it last year as well. And it's, uh, so I should say that Transmute is for live performers who want to learn how to take their live shows to the next level using technology and all these things that I've been discussing. And uh, it's a step-by-step -step process of doing that. Um, and Master Track is a program. It's a in-person program in Los Angeles every year for people to learn how to do music programming and playback engineering. So, like I was doing with Kanye and these different artists, and we've placed um, people from that program with some of the top artists in the world: Ariana Grande, Mariah Carey, Big Sean, Pentatonix. So, that's incredible, and um, it was really, really amazing to do it for the second year this year, and just uh, see people develop and grow from it. Laura, Laura, this does not sound like you're taking it easy. <laughs> I don't hear taking well, it easy at all in this entire pattern here. Well, yeah. You know, I, I don't really know how to take it easy, but I, I love what I do. And it's, it's all, um, it's all for my, my greater purpose. And, and so I, I, I love it. And, um, you know, I still do, uh, take it easy. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, but ah. well, let me back up on one more, let me back up on one more thing. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned a Wii controller. What the heck are you doing with the Wii controller? So I'm using it to manipulate my vocal effects in real time during my, my shows. And, um, basically it's a Bluetooth, uh, controller instrument that anyone can use and connect it to their laptop via Bluetooth. And there's a program called Oscillator that you can convert the OSC messages to MIDI messages to uh, control anything in Ableton Live. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, that, and then you're also using game engines. What the heck are you doing with game engines? Yeah, so I'm using the Unreal Gaming Engine and uh, a friend of mine, Scott Pagano, who is a genius. And uh, if you go to lynda.com and look up any Unreal program on there, he's uh, taught it on there. And he's a, just a top designer. He's just been doing this for a long time. And um, he and I have been friends. And he said, I have this idea for something that you can do that would be really cool and um, far more interesting than just the regular visuals at your show. Because I was running visuals using Resolum at the time, which is fine. And I had some designers make me some perfectly fine visuals. But it was just, you know, it was a little more static. And I wanted to be able to control the things on the screen. So he built this Unreal project for me and uh, gave me the ability to manipulate and control the objects on the screen with um, my instruments. And another friend of mine had made this software program called MIDI Merlin, which allows you to convert audio to MIDI in real time and it works fantastically. And so I was using MIDI Merlin to control the Unreal Gaming Engine with my violin. And so basically converting the violin in real time to MIDI to control it. And so that's what that is all about. And um, so I've been working on building more pipelines for that. And um, basically it's just, I'm controlling everything on stage. It's, uh, I, I have a lighting rig as well that I control from my controllers. And I press a button on my Ableton push controller. It can light up certain lights. And so I'm just uh, manipulating everything in real time. And it's so fun. Wow. This is why when I saw you, I was totally blown away by both the way you were essentially teaching the audience and describing things, but also the whole combination of ways to think about how to be an extended and expandable performer you weren't just running the show you were you were the show and yet creating these overlays and expanded content around you is really wonderful so i i'm i'm inspired um if, if there was anything that you could wave a magic wand to build that doesn't presently exist what are you kind of missing or what would be a further expansion of your superpowers? Hmm. I think it would be a gigantic dome with amazing sound <laughs> um, with really high tech projections uh, and ambisonics and surround and all that. And just having that set up all the time for artists to be able to come in and perform and experiment with. Um, because a lot of the time, the artists that I'm working with now, they, well, it depends on the levels. Sure, I'm still working with top level artists that have access to, you know, they've got resources. Um, but it's funny, the top level artists that I'm working with in the pop and hip hop realm, they aren't trying to really push the boundaries like this um, with their music. Uh, they're more interested in going out and performing and connecting with the audience and, and performing their songs, which I totally get. Um, but having a space for the artists that do want to push the boundaries that they can go to on a regular basis and to be able to 
um, experiment, myself included. I'm, this is a very selfish way. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, you know, there are some spaces that are popping up in, in Los Angeles that are really intriguing. Um, I haven't seen one that kind of has all of the whole package together. Um, but yeah, having a space like that for my projects um, would be incredible. So investors and partners who are listening to this, please stay tuned or please contact you. No, is there any um, last things you'd want to comment on as we wrap up here? Uh, well, yeah, one more thing, just in the vein of education um, through all this stuff. I, some people have said, well, I don't want to do a course, but I just want to be a part of your community. And I've created Elevate, which is my membership program. And uh, every month I do a live presentation. I upload videos of different performances and sets that I've done. So recently I uploaded my um, Ableton session from the Grammys. I performed at the Grammys recently in, in the band and uh, did a whole session on how I set that up. And so I'm uploading videos. I'm having guest speakers and artists come on. There's a, a performance element to it. So all the people in the membership can upload their performances and get critiqued by the community. Uh, so it's just getting going um, now in May of 2019. And uh, we've got some amazing artists and things planned. And it's really, it's going to be super fun. So if anyone's interested in checking that out um, on my website, uh, there's a link to it. It's called Elevate. And uh, I'm really excited about it to just continue on the journey with people and to really just grow together. Anywhere else people can see your work right now? I think you're working on American Idol right now? Yes, I'm working on American Idol right now. Um, you can hear my work on that. <laughs> and uh, I'll be in the background doing the music programming. And that's, that's super fun. Um, yeah, I've got some performances this summer. I'm playing at Oshega in Montreal, uh, a festival, and doing some talks and presentations and so there's tons of stuff coming up. So if you want to go to my website and sign up for my mailing list, um, you can. And it. your your uh, website is your name? Yep, lauraescaday.com. Excellent. And, and my company is electroniccreatives.com. And we will have links to all sorts of great things in the notes for this podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us. It is always fun talking with you. And I'm looking forward to further conversations and checking a lot of this stuff out and appreciate your joining us. Thank you, Gigi. This is so much fun. I, I really appreciate you finding me after my presentation at South By. And also for the listeners, uh, I want to just say that she was the only person that raised her hand every single time. I said, does anyone know what I'm talking about? <laughs> We, we were joking. We were joking around also that, and I don't know if this young man ends up listening to this, but a young man walked up to me afterwards, going, "You were the only person to raise your hand," and then proceeded to feed me all sorts of other great South by South by Southwest information. So it is one of my favorite events of the year is that I get to see and connect with people and things that I don't normally see in my everyday crazy life. So I appreciate that whole connection. So thank Absolutely. you very much. Thank you. Well, that wraps up this podcast. 
Many thanks to the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music and the UCLA Center for Music Innovation for being our hosts of this ongoing series. You can subscribe to us in all the usual places, or you can come find us at innovation.schoolofmusic.ucla.edu. Join us again to follow the other adventures that we will be tracking down in innovating music. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.